0: Well, municipal elections are ahead of us in BC, so why don't folks seem excited to vote? Or is it that the candidates don't necessarily represent our interests? Well, whatever it is, according to Zachary Spicer, a professor at York in public policy, he says it's because potential candidates for the job are not being lured because of how much the gig pays. Spicer says if we want better municipal politicians, we should pay better wages. Zachary, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get the background from you first of all on what you see as the demands of being a municipal politician. What does that work entail?
1: Well, there's, there's sort of like the formal role, which is council meetings, committee meetings, um, stuff that we you know we can kind of normally see our councilors doing. Stuff that's fairly visible. But there's also a ton of constituency work. So councilors are often dealing with everything from property standards issues to tree and forestry issues, uh, calls from people who, you know, don't get their garbage picked up on time, stuff like that. That's a huge demand, but then there's also a ton of different events, um, throughout the actual community. So, uh, parades, uh, you know, um, uh, community fair stuff like this stuff that we expect councilors to be uh, to be to be present at so the job is quite demanding uh, it's 24 hours a day it's um, and uh, they're often not really compensated for a lot of it
0: Okay, you, you mentioned that there are a lot of these extra demands and that it's kind of a 24-7 job. I think a lot of people forget that, that uh, these municipal politicians have to follow the news very closely and what's happening and listening to their constituents, so it takes up every ounce of time. What are your reasons for saying that they currently, though, don't get paid enough? Why do you think the current compensation scheme isn't enough?
1: Well, um, in a lot of places um, across Ontario, and I think it's probably fairly similar out in BC as well, um, most counselors are considered to be part-time. And a lot of them are receiving uh, a stipend as opposed to an actual salary. So in some cases, um, that could be as low as about $1,000 a month. Um, And even though they're kind of labeled uh, part-time, they're not really part-time because the job is not really a part-time job, even in some very small rural areas. So Um, In some cases, um, they're not really able to sort of balance out the role that they're supposed to be doing as counselor with whatever other full-time role that they have. So what we're seeing is um, oftentimes um, the people who are taking on these sort of uh, you know, air quote part time positions um, usually have uh, you know some other uh, means of earning money, so they're they're usually kind of independently wealthy. They're oftentimes retired, so it's kind of like you know uh, a job that they do once you're once you're retired. And so as a result, we're we're getting a lot of homogeneity on a lot of these councils. So um, we're seeing councils uh, trend upwards in terms of age. So. Um, in a survey across Ontario, we found that, um, that the average age of a counselor is 60, um, and only 2% uh, uh, reported being a member of a visible ethnic group, right? So they tend to be white, they tend to be male, 75% are male, uh, wow. and the average age is 60. So we're seeing um, a lot of similarities across the province of Ontario.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, in BC, we see that too. We see a lot of homogeneity there. We see a lot of retired folks. Um, And you mentioned independently wealthy. Okay. So what does that mean for constituents when those are the kinds of people that get elected?
1: Well, um, it means that they're um, that they're they're often accessible. They can do the job, but um, it also means that they they're bringing a certain type of perspective to the work that they're doing as a counselor. So, some say that people who are retired or older white men don't have um, you know a spot on councils. They are part of the community as well, um, but um, they're bringing a particular worldview, right? So, uh, I think for a lot of us, we're asking, you know, where are where are the women? Where are the parents of young children? Right? Where are people from various um, uh, various professional backgrounds—doctors, nurses, teachers, uh, business people? Right? Um, and so, what we're what a lot of us are kind of thinking is that, well, you know, how would how would the decisions that councils make change based upon the perspective of those who are filling? those positions so if we're if we're only paying part-time wages the only people who can really do the job that is demanding so much of their time on such a low amount of money um, are the ones who have you know a substantial income or who are already retired or don't have any other um, anything else competing for their time like a young family right
0: yeah absolutely so how much should they get paid
1: Well, that's that's the question I don't really dive into in the in the article that I wrote, and it's tough to say. But um, we we could do a couple of different things here. One is that um, you could sort of set a base rate, and then it could um, it could climb based upon uh, wage increases for staff, right? So you could tie it to sort of uh, to sort of wait wage increases for staff and maybe getting two or three percent more per year, um, the challenge is that uh, we have this sort of notion that um, that we 're unwilling to pay politicians more, so as a result we 're kind of stuck in the stasis where um, there hasn 't been a council composition review in some places in almost twenty years right because a lot of counselors run on this sort of notion that they are uh, fiscally responsible that, that your taxes won 't go up that you know they 're going to run run the council like they would run a business or something like that, and as a result, that kind of keeps wages down so i what I would say is that we need to have a conversation about that, and there shouldn 't necessarily be one wage across the province per se because you know there is a you know a, a much different there is a kind of a spectrum of um, of demands placed upon these folks based upon whether they're in a large city like Vancouver or, or a small town or village or something along those lines. But um, we need to sort of, you know, have these conversations and we need to sort of set I think a regular way to, to sort of normally increase wages without having the politics involved. And that could be sort of tying it to, to cost of living or something along those lines.
0: What about qualifications? I mean, sometimes we see people in these roles who just, they don't have the experience or education, uh, breadth of education to understand citizens' problems.
1: Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, and, but but part of that is, uh, is you know, is who who is getting elected, right? So, I mean, uh, you know, if you're putting your name out there and voters think that you're the right person for for the job, we can't necessarily say that you aren't, right? Um, but I think one of the things that we can we can do around structuring uh, council pay is that, is that that may actually open up possibilities of newer candidates coming forward, those who may have more experience or may have, um, an educational background, a little more suited to being a counselor, right? So I think by making the job a little bit more attractive, we can get new candidates involved um, who can present themselves to voters. And if voters agree, um, we could have uh, you know some some significant turnover on on uh, on uh, councils. But we need people to put their names forward. And I think that for some people, when they when they look at this, it, say a thousand dollars a month for you know to add. 20, 30, 40 hours a week to my to my workload that time I'm not spending with my kids or I can't spend at at, at, at my full-time job, I just can't make that work. Um, if we're willing to pay a bit bit yeah. more, maybe they can restructure their work life a bit, right? And they can actually put their name forward.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting perspective. Zachary Spicer, thanks for joining us this morning.
1: No problem at all. Thanks for having me.